Welcome to Best Served, a podcast recognizing unsung hospitality heroes. Join Chef Jensen Cummings as he chops it up with industry leaders about the humans who've impacted their lives and careers. From childhood guides, to ass-kicking mentors, to the team members in the trenches that make it all happen. Help us celebrate these rock stars by sharing our show and nominating your own unsung hospitality heroes. Connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Now here is your host. What's up, everybody? Jensen Cummings here. Thank you as always for tuning in. Today is Best Served Podcast 363. I'm going to be talking about a restaurant only offers these two things. No script. Just want to talk about it. Recording this actually at uh, 3 in the morning because uh, it's been on my mind a lot. And it's actually this question of restaurant, restaurant business. What the hell does that actually mean? It's a question that uh, you know, it's both philosophical and existential and also very practical. It's a question that has haunted and inspired me for my entire career. Since I was 17 since I got into this industry as a, as a young cook at my uncle's restaurant. And 22 years later, it, it still is an important question. And it took me this long to even understand the inkling of what I'm going to talk to you about a little bit today about these two things. But to give you an idea of how important this question is, I want to tell you why it's been on my mind so much, especially lately. I went through the trajectory like so many other people do, right? Where I was, uh, I was a misfit, punk kid, troubled kid, found the restaurant industry at a young age and was hooked. And then I had that classic trajectory of, of cook to sous chef, to executive chef, to chef owner, to burnout, to failed restaurant tour. And the reason that's impactful for me is because that's a little glimpse of my story. But my story actually starts way before I was even born. I'm the sixth consecutive generation of chef restaurant tour in my family. We have been in this industry since 1900. We opened a restaurant called La Fond House in Little Falls, Minnesota. And uh, ever since, we've been gluttons for punishment. Anyway, what it's what it's done is, one, there's been this empowerment. I was never told to get a real job because so many of our family have been, quote unquote, successful, or at least lived their life through this industry. I also felt some weight from it, for sure because uh, there's a lot to uphold then if you're going to take on the mantle of being, you know, the the fifth generation of in this industry. And as I went through all this trajectory and I'll make this make sense at some point throughout the next, you know, 10 minutes that we're speaking together is I needed to understand my role in that. And I thought that meant that I need to be the chef owner of a restaurant and everything that I did really, really tacked towards that as being my ultimate goal. And so I pushed so hard and I squeezed everything myself and others around me so tightly uh, that I lost it. 
And I think it's a feeling a lot of people in this industry know, and it's, it's hard. It's a reality of this industry. You know, these ideas of you're only as good as your next plate up. I believe that. And I lived that. And it tried to destroy me. And so I remember the day that I decided I couldn't do, you know, 70 hours a week, six, seven days a week, you know, going seven years without taking a sick day when I was sick as a dog plenty of times because I had that tough guy mentality. And that mentality is it's pervasive in our industry. And the night I was doing an event in Denver uh, at Lee Jones' home, who owned Jonesy's at the time, Chef Bo Simmons, as well as Chef uh, Samir Muhammad. And we did this like patio party. Super fun, super cool. Food was great. All of that, you know, drank too much. Driving home, I got pulled over and had to do a DUI, you know, checkpoint, sobriety check, all that stuff. And I passed. I maybe shouldn't have passed. I passed. And I got home. And on the kitchen counter was a pregnancy test. And that day we found out that we were going to have our first son. And now we have three kids. And that day, all of that crystallized for me that I needed to do something different. And I think a lot of people that end up, you know, having families in this industry recognize this. And the reason that I do the work with, that I do with Best Served is because at a time I had to look at my, it was my two young sons and now we have a young daughter. And my young, my eldest son is seven now. And he's closer in age to the age that I was when I started in this industry than I am now. And I think about that stuff. I'm like the elder old guy thinking about time now in this industry. It's, <laughs> it's wild to think about. That's, that's the reality for me. And I looked at them and said, would I want them to be the sixth generation to go into this industry? My answer was, fuck, no, no way. I don't want this for them. And all of these emotions and all of these, these memories and, and all of this doubt and hope all kind of flooded me. I said, either I got to walk away. And I did. I tried to in multiple ways. I have to double down on what the fundamental thing that I believe in of this industry is. And this is where these two things are going to come in pretty heavy. And so Best Served was born out of this idea that I wanted to amplify the worth and work of those who feed their community. And I have a timeline now. I have 10 more years to make fundamental, exponential change to this industry that I love and hate like many of you do so that my son, my children would have the opportunity with my head held high that they could go into this industry and be people of meaning and purpose and belonging. And I know that's heavy as hell. You might be watching this like I thought he was going to give me two practical pieces of advice. What the fuck is all this? Uh, <laughs> this is the emotional roller coaster that it is to be a part of this industry. And you may or may not be feeling this at this very moment. You have and or you will. So I, I hope that that gives you a little bit of insight. Now, these two things that I'm going to talk to you about right now. One of them is very tangible, and the other is very intangible. And these are the only two things that every restaurant, your restaurant, 
actually offers. The first is sustenance. Very simply, you feed people, you give them food and liquids that will sustain their body for a few additional hours. They will live longer because they have consumed food. This is a very drab, very oversimplified way to look at it. But let's look at it that way. It's food. It's fuel. All right. At its simplest form. Now, going to a restaurant to consume sustenance is a really expensive way to sustain somebody's life. Yet that's the reality of it, right? The rate of diminishing return of the value that the tangible side of the product that you deliver is very steep. A few hours from consuming your actual physical tangible product, it will no longer have value to me. It's not this t-shirt, years of pure joy of the feeling of this t-shirt, car, years and years of value. You do not have that with your physical product, with your tangible product. Okay. A lot more to unpack there for sure. And again, it's an oversimplification. That's the truth. That's the one side of the equation. The other side, the second thing is nothing more than a feeling and a memory. You offer a feeling and a memory. And that seems so intangible. It seems aloof of me to even say that, that it's somehow trivial. And it could be. If you are so focused on the tangible side of your product, like I was, as a chef, focus on the food. It's the only thing that matters. The only thing that matters. And I was wrong. Because what matters is that feeling and that memory. The amount of time, money, and effort that humans put into chasing good feelings and memories and chasing away bad feelings and memories is astounding. Absolutely astounding. And the sense of belonging, the conduit for connection, those fleeting moments of joy and levity that a restaurant, that gathering around a table, that connecting with friends, family, new and old, chosen or blood is profound. And if you believe that, if you truly understand that the hospitality that you create, the relationship that you create with anybody who's willing to spend a dollar or a minute with you and the tangible and intangible product that you are there to deliver for them, then you need to go all in on every possible way that you can develop a deeper relationship with that feeling and that memory. And this is the thing that drives me and, and drives me absolutely up a wall with the way that I used to operate, the way that we currently operate, and how we are unwilling to see the actual business that we are in. 
And so many people are going to say, well, if you don't have great food, you don't have an opportunity for that relationship. You don't have an opportunity for that feeling and that memory. You're absolutely right. Your food better be fucking fire. Your service better be on point. Your drinks better be there. Better be at that level, whatever that level is for you. The value proposition has to be there. That's the cost of doing business. That's the barrier to entry. That is not the business. The numbers need to speak that same language. You need to manage seconds and pennies. Absolutely. That is not the business. That is the function of the business. The business that you are in is a feeling and a memory. And everything you're ever going to hear me talk about is trying to balance that equation. Balance those two things. And so when you hear me talk about storytelling and content and social media and marketing and messaging, digital anything, and you're the type that just wants to focus on butts and seats, that next plate up, smile as part of your uniform, all of the tropes that we perpetuate, you're self-commoditizing. You're creating a vulnerability. The strength is absolutely in a feeling and a memory. And the more crystallized you can make that, the more unique to you and the experience that you're creating for that feeling and memory, the more it's going to resonate, the more it's going to drive people to seek it, to chase it again and again and again. I think that's all I got for you. I hope, I hope, I really hope that this one moment here can stop you and slow you down. It's why at three in the morning, I was so compelled, hadn't planned this at all, had to steal that banner from the En Espanol episode that's coming up in a couple days because I needed to jump in and say this because I believe that we can build something different something better. I believe that we're all just one piece of content, one story, one connection away from that breakthrough that does allow the food, the beverage, the hospitality, the things that the minutia that we love to do make a difference. That's it. Take that with you. Those two things, and especially a feeling and a memory. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the best served podcast. Subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes.